Welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Greg Mahochko, and if I sound different than normal, a little tinny perhaps, that is because I am on the way home from work, long drive, and uh, I was planning on skipping this recording completely because I knew I wasn't going to get home on time, but that no good son of a pinko commie bastard Todd uh, decided that he needed the night off or was unavailable or in the hospital. I don't know. Hope you're not in the hospital, Todd. Uh, so here I am. I apologize. But the good news is joining us, as always, Mr. Reliable. He is the duct tape of our souls, founder and fearless leader of coordination.com. John Dam Johnston. Hello, John. Hi. The duct tape of our souls, huh? That, that you, you keep it together. Crazy. <laughs> okay. How so where are you drive? How how am I am I? Well, it's been an interesting week. It's been very uh very IT heavy. A lot of security issues, a lot of blows things blowing up. I had four customers blow up simultaneously simultaneously this morning and uh I started work at 6 a.m. and uh, yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> I I think it's important to note that we the good people of the internet should not blame you for Facebook being down earlier this week. That's not a John fault. You know what? If if you would blame me for Facebook being down, that son of a bitch and fucking platform would still be down. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Nothing good happens on Facebook after 2 a.m., right, John? Well, you know what? I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I have found usefulness from Facebook from a few things. I am in some writers groups that are very helpful on how we deal with like self-publishing on Amazon. Uh, I am a member of heart attack survivors and TBI survivors groups. And, and to be honest with you, like at least once a week, there's somebody in one of the TBI survivors groups that wants to end their life. So, you know, we all get together and we try to help them through it. And that kind of stuff is one benefit that I couldn't find probably anywhere else. And a lot of those people couldn't either. It's just a shame that, uh, you know, it's a shame that the people that run the damn thing are such greedy bastards. I mean, they have one of the biggest companies in the world and it's not enough. You know, it's just flat out fucking greed for Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. 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 And, you know, the community, I think, is is what you like about Facebook. And, you know, there's I've reconnected with people from all stages of my life. Thanks to Facebook. Um, but I find my community right here on Slack with my coordination brethren and sister, which I don't, not, that's not a word, but you know, uh, uh, I appreciate everybody at coordination. John, I don't know if I say that often enough, and I thank you for uh, bringing us all together. That's what I'm here for. Greg is to unite the world. <laughs> uh, you know what? We're, we're in good moods and, and, uh, and I, Usually I have to be quiet. You know, I, I talk a little softer. I'm like, hey, everybody, this is the show. Because my son is trying to sleep directly above me. But I'm in the vehicle by myself, bitches. <laughs> so what did you think of our, our win over Northwestern? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I was surprised. Um, I Because that's never been how Nebraska and Northwestern games have been. They've no. never been lopsided like that. It's always been. You know, a score, a touchdown, uh, you know, decided in, you know, on the brink of overtime, something like that. So the fact that we stomped the living shit out of them, it filled my heart with glee. I was so happy. It, it was just, it was like a giant therapy session. It really was. Now, which, Again, because of the internet, and I don't know if we'd be having conversations. I, I'm sure conversations like that happen pre, you know, social media and, and pre, you know, 
online uh, message boards and things like that. But by Sunday morning, it was all, oh, my gosh, Michigan, oh, they're top 15 or what? I think they're 14. I might be wrong on that. But, uh, you know, so so now it's – I think the Northwestern game in the way that the Northwestern game went is uh, a big boost, a shot of confidence. Look, we were up 21 to nothing. Right. Adrian Martinez had two or th- I think all three rushing touchdowns, you know, initially there. Um, apparently, he, I, I made the comment on, on uh, Twitter. I said, I guess he doesn't want to be second in the, in the, you know, nation or whatever in rushing touchdowns um, or uh, maybe in the history, the, the annals of the Big Ten, whatever uh, record they show, you know, on there every time Adrian Martinez steps on the field for the first time. Um and when Northwestern kind of moved the ball down and started having some success and scored, I said, okay, well, if we just keep pace with that, we've got a, you know, we've got the jump start. We're three ahead. If, if they score on every drive, but we do too, I still like our odds. And they didn't score again. This defense is as impressive as we've seen a Husker defense since 2009. Yeah. Um, and they're doing it in a variety of ways. You know, uh, the linebackers, the linebackers, believe it or not, John, in recent memory, used to be one of the bigger question marks on the football field. You know, you're like, oh, we, we like what the, the, the front four look like or front three, depending on, you know, what year it is. The secondary has some, uh, has some experience, but that linebacker core has got some question marks. It wasn't that long ago we were talking about the linebackers and I, you know, I, I think they have some players, but I'm just not quite sure they're there. I think the linebackers are there, you know, from, from yeah. Luke Reimer, who's having this tremendous season, uh, Garrett Nelson, uh, the, the Henrik Heinrich, um, you, you know, they're in, and Jojo Doman who kind of blends a little bit of both, uh, very, very pleased with the level of play at the linebacker, because I couldn't tell you six weeks ago, seven weeks, whatever, before the Illini game, I, I couldn't tell you that was going to be our strongest, you know, uh, unit on the defense. And now I feel pretty confident when I say that's a, a group of studs and they're only getting better. Yeah, it's going to be – you know what? I think that the shocking thing for me about that win was people don't do that. To, you, you can say that Northwestern's not a good team, and I don't think they are a good team this year, but you don't do that to a Pat Fitzgerald coach team. Right. They just don't get destroyed like that, and, and they got destroyed. And it was kind of shocking, I think, even for the – you know, probably the rest of the Big Ten – because I, I think I saw some comments from our Purdue and our maybe our Minnesota side about look what they did to Northwestern kind of thing going on. But it, it was think fun. about this: was- we had second stringers in with six minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah, and that was it, nice. It, it was it was a uh, it took a lot of pressure off. You know, Adrian Martinez is, gets better, I think, every week this year. You know, he had the rough game against Illinois, but I don't put that loss on him. I put that loss on everybody because nobody played real well against Illinois. Um, you know, and and then you had Fordham, then you had Buffalo. He played great against Oklahoma. And people, well, he had the interception, but that was a fourth down interception where right. he threw it and had no business being caught except – the guy wanted to make a highlight real play. So tremendous athleticism from that Sooner defender, uh, a little boneheaded because they then lost the, uh, uh, the uh, field, you know, position game on that. And, and Nebraska turning, you know, got a quick three and out or a short, short drive, a uh, uh, short possession there from um, Oklahoma and Nebraska turned around and scored, made it a much more competitive game. Uh, and against Michigan state, there was nothing that there was no more that Adrian could have done against Michigan state to, I think, get them that win. They had that win. They just, you know, we, we've talked about, we've made fun of it for 
you know, almost two weeks now, just punted to the wrong damn guy, you know, punted to the wrong side of the field. Um, but Adrian was crisp. He, he, you know, he made a couple of, you know, high throws, but I'd much rather make him miss high than miss into the arms of the defender, you know, and, and none of those missed opportunities came back to bite him in the ass. That's going to be the difference because up against better teams, you can't, you know, you can't miss like that. But all in all, if he overthrows a, a, a receiver or if it's just out of reach, I can live with that. Yeah, we punted once in a game and it went 84 yards. 84 yards. My God. I think the, the big key to that was it, it, this, they did everything right. I mean, they didn't. They had so few mistakes. They didn't have false starts. They didn't have holding holding penalties. It it was uh, it was like they became a different team. Was it the that stuff. third quarter? Am I getting my? I might be conflating my uh, Michigan State and Northwestern games, but I it, it, no, it was, it was definitely Northwestern because Michigan yeah. State the offensive line shot us in the foot early. But right. against Northwestern, they didn't have a penalty, I think, till the third quarter. Wasn't wasn't that correct? Yeah, they have, they had a false start when Logan Smothers came in. Did you yeah. hear his? Did you hear his cadence? I didn't know. I or, or I wasn't paying close attention to it. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You know, if you're an offensive lineman and you're in a stance, how in the fight? He's back there yelling, here we go, here we go, here we go, repeatedly. And you're like, oh, what the fuck, which one is this? You know, I right, guess right. He, here we go and clap. And I I just thought it was weird. Uh, I, it, I don't know what Martinez cadence is, though, either, in all fairness. so. And the man, Master be... got to play. Yeah, that's weird, right? When was the last time he actually saw the field? Has he ever I seen the field? He, I, I think he might have got into one game to hand the ball off. But, you know, he got to run a series, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And then – And then uh, and he, and, and Masco ran the ball real well also, you know. Yeah. There, then there's like, that one guy that everybody which, which fell in guy? love with. What's that? Oh, oh Jacques Gant? Yes. Uh, you see – he didn't even have to tell me what he did or what position he played, or I didn't have to ask for a hint or a clue on his name. Everybody fell in love with Jack Hezian because the not as big boy as he was in the spring <laughs> boomed down the field with his first touch for 64 yards or something like that. I, I was really – now, granted, I want Nebraska to get to the end zone every time they touch the ball. But come on, for your first uh, – Hand, your first run in the game, I really wanted that one. I, I wanted him to get, you know, get into the pylon, get to the end zone. Uh, he deserved it, but big things coming from that young man. Now, the, the question is for that, did he look that good? Because he, I mean, everybody loved the stiff arming. That was a definite plus for him. But did he look that good because he really is that good? Or did he finally look that good because the offensive, he had holes to run through? Well, I, I thought I didn't know if you were going to go that direction or if you were going to say because nobody else in the running back room has really um, put themselves in a position to show like they're the number one, uh, which is kind of also, you know, an uh, uh, ongoing thing because, again, it was Ramir Johnson starting. You know, Yant got – you know, Sevian Morrison got a touchdown. I mean – uh, I, I almost thought they could have uh, uh, tried to Gabe Irvin out on crutches and have him, you know, score a touchdown late because that's how that's how fluid the, the running game was um, last week against Northwestern. But to answer your question, John, uh, I think look if you're a, a player who's going to uh, stiff arm a defender, you're going to endear yourself to your fan base. If you're going if you're at Nebraska you're, and you're a true freshman, you're going to do it even more. Um, it was it, it was the perfect scenario, the perfect storm for him to come in and really show what he could do, and uh, uh, he put. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets more touches this you know this week tomorrow against Michigan. Um, 
and, and again, that's – I'm torn. I love the depth of the running back room. I've said that before. I also feel like if you don't have that solid number one guy, then there's something that's going to be just a little bit off on timing on the handoff or, you know, hitting the hole to get through the line. Something like that is not always going to be – because the line has to make adjustments every time a new running back comes in. Um, but Yant, I mean, uh, Yant can't can't fail. I mean, he, he looked uh, he looked very sharp. Um, I know that there there was the talk coming back to fall camp or or summer workouts or whatever. He came in a little overweight allegedly. I mean, he busted his ass and he's in playing shape and ready to go. Well, we're going to need him Saturday night. Oh yeah. Because Michigan's uh, Michigan is yet to give up over 17 points in any game, so uh, that's what we're going to get faced with. I, at least it's going to be at home, right? And let I me mean, let's talk about that atmosphere because uh, they dropped the lights and uh, put on the the show the little music and fire and red lights there between the third and fourth quarters. Uh, what did you think about that, John? I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, they need something there. Everybody else is getting, you know, you got the damn jump around thing at Wisconsin. I think you you need something there to get everybody going. And, it, you know, Mike uploaded that video and we put it on YouTube and it was pretty cool looking. Yeah, it, it was. And you know what it was? It was fun. That's what it was. Right. You, uh, I feel like, so I've been watching some other, you know, uh, notable college football entrances, things like that. One that I tend to go back to is Virginia Tech, you know, enter Sandman and, uh, you know, everybody bouncing in the, in the stadium and, and, you know, the announcers, the one particular clip that I uh, saw on it, they're talking about like, this is actually uh, a seismic activity that you can measure this on the Richter scale. I don't feel like, and I, that's a tremendous atmosphere and I'm not taking anything away from Memorial Stadium. Memorial Stadium is, you know, one of a kind. But I don't know if our fan base would ever get behind, you know, like an inner sandman type of just jumping around nonstop for four minutes and uh be, because our fan base is kind of old. <laughs> and I feel like there'd be a lot of uh, uh calls to the doctor the next day for some you know, for a cortisone shot or something. They could go with hip hop hogwash. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I saw some comments about maybe a newer song, but I thought, you know, that the thing with newer songs is when you went with Thunderstruck, I mean, everybody, most people know what that song is. Right. And it's kind of like, well, we need to be original. Not, no, we don't. We need to be fun. As yeah, long as we're exactly. not playing journeys, don't fucking stop believing for the eight millionth <laughs> time in our life. You know what I mean? You can draw, you can run a song into the ground, but you know that was fine. I thought it was fun. I thought it occurred. Like I said earlier, it was a giant therapy session. Right. And, and that we're going to need that atmosphere against Michigan Saturday night. You know where people are happy to be there because at the beginning of the season especially after the Illinois game, there was a lot of people that were like, I don't know if I want to go watch a team that's this shitty or watch a team that's going to lose. And now you're kind of like, okay, let's go see what happens because we have a defense that's going to keep us in every game. And it's going to yeah. be exciting. <clears throat> oh, I, 100%. Um, and, and that's the thing too is, you know, if we're transitioning to the Michigan game, is the defense is going to have to play well. Uh, but I look at Michigan, and realistically speaking, and of course, it, as we mentioned, I'm driving, I, and I didn't do enough uh, research because I thought that no good son of a Todd was going to be here. Uh, so I, I take my responsibility and my lumps, but I don't know who all Michigan has played. And by that, I mean, A, I don't know their schedule, but two, have they actually played anybody? I mean, well, they, they beat, okay, they, they played a Wisconsin, right? Yeah. But Wisconsin, let's face it, is down this year. Right. I've watched, I've watched enough Wisconsin football this year to know, like, they got their the, the, uh, uh, doors uh, kicked off them by Notre Dame. 
and and then you go up against now either I don't know I don't know I don't know how to take Wisconsin. You want the list? I feel like I'll take the list for Michigan so far. Yes, sir. Okay, Western Michigan they beat forty-seven to fourteen. Washington, who had lost to Montana, they beat thirty-one to ten. Northern Illinois, uh, sixty-three to ten. Rutgers, they beat twenty to thirteen, and you know Rutgers under Greg Schiano is is getting a lot better than they used to. Uh, and then they beat don't, Wisconsin don't, don't. 30, 30, 38 to 17. So I, I say, don't say that to Ohio State about Rutgers because they'll, they'll make some jokes. But I think uh, in that, uh, I'm looking for the Rutgers. I'm not finding it. What uh, that was back in. Hold on a second. I want to say Rutgers, they were way in front of Rutgers, and Rutgers came back later in that game. I just don't. There's not a there's not a win in there that I call impressive. No. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to catch some help for that, but I'm sorry. Northern Illinois, Western Michigan, a Washington team that, as you reminded the good listeners, lost to Montana the week before. Uh, and then you have Rutgers and Wisconsin. Of those, Wisconsin should have been, you know, the most competitive uh but it doesn't seem like that was the case. Um, or was that the one that was no, 23-17? I can't remember the scores now. 38-17 to 17 over Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. Wisconsin is uh, – they're just not good. They Graham Mertz, Graham Mertz has turned into a turnover machine. Their offensive line is not the typical Wisconsin offensive line, and they don't have a running back like they used to that just blew the doors off people. Michigan led Rutgers – 20 to three at the half didn't score in the second half and Rutgers scored 10. So, you know, kind of interesting. They Michigan only put up 275 yards against Rutgers, 112 rush yards. So that maybe they thought that they were going to kill them early and they just backed off. I'm not, I, I started watching that game and I thought it was going to be a Michigan blowout. So I, I didn't watch the rest of it. I did watch him play against uh, Wisconsin, and you know what they? You can say Wisconsin's not very good, but Mich- Michigan's defense is. Let's just say that they're in a they're Michigan's in a situation like we are, where they had a native son come home and he struggled right. for a while. But Harbaugh has gotten rid of some of his coaches and replaced them, and it looks like what he's done is working because their their new defensive coordinator looks like he's put together a defense that actually can you know Wolverine fans can be proud of. So I don't I, know. I want to go back. Let's go back to that Rutgers. Uh, what you what you said about the Rutgers game just a couple minutes ago, and and uh, you you thought oh you know they were up twenty to uh, three at halftime or three yeah. Yeah, uh, and um, you know, I I look at that, and, and then you thought, oh, maybe they took their uh, foot off the gas pedal. One of the things that I really appreciated going back to the Nebraska Northwestern game, when I believe it was thirty-five-seven at half, and uh, the sideline reporter, forgive me, I can't remember her name, caught you know Scott Frost on the way to the locker room, and he didn't look happy to be up by twenty-eight points. He said, "I'm going to go," you know. I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I'm going to go chew their ass for the mistakes that they've made. we got some things we need to clean up. Right. That's – I like hearing that. You know, that's yeah. encouraging to me as a Husker fan because, you know, they're they're not to the level yet where they can play, uh, you know, a game with a bunch of mistakes and still win. They're not there. And, and I don't ever want my football team to be comfortable making mistakes because that, you know, leads to complacency and apathy and – and then you get what we've had on the field for the last five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. So, and I don't know, that might be too many. You know, that's probably unfair to, you know, the, those final years under Bo Pelini when we only lost four a year. But, um, you know, the fact that he took that approach, uh, and I think, you know, the, the commentary on Twitter, the commentary from the uh, – uh, what the commentators were saying is, well – didn't expect that from him, you know, thought he'd be a little happier or something like that. And we finally got the, the elusive Scott Frost smile there uh, uh, late in the game. as he finally <laughs> maybe re- relaxed a little bit? Um, I think that if Nebraska plays 
as well against Michigan as they played against Northwestern. And maybe I'm not giving Michigan enough credit. Maybe I'm giving Northwestern too much. But I feel like if they play at that level, they're going to win Saturday night. Well, here's a key fact about Michigan. They have never trailed it ever in this season yet. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about philosophy. Um, <laughs> philosophy? Okay. Well, football philosophy. You win, the, you win the coin toss. Do you want the – do you want to make the choice or you want the ball or you want to defer? I would defer. Wait, you know what? If I have this defense, I'm deferring because yeah. I want my defense to go out there and beat the fuck out of Michigan right away. And, and set the tone, right? Yeah. Yeah. I but do. I, I want. I. I think Michigan. Michigan knows, or Michigan wants to run the ball against us. And I think our defense has not been the greatest against the run. If you had to pick a weak point, we've been pretty good against everything. But Michigan wants to establish the running game, and I think if we go out and we get a three and out in their first series, that's a huge win for us. Uh, I'd, I'd rather start with that than having the offense on the field first. I, I would I would politely disagree with you because I thought that they shut down Michigan State's running game very well for most of the game. They did. They held Ken and they did, they held Kenneth Walker way below what he's normally getting, and they Northwestern only had thirty seven yards the entire game. Right. So, yeah. but um, you, I mean, you're looking at a defense that's been pretty damn good. You, know, you have to pick. You always have to pick where they're weak. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to them? You can be weak, and I think for Nebraska, you're going to try to run the ball against them. And conversely, though, I think if if Nebraska, you know, wins the toss, uh, I say give us the ball because I want to go down there score first and make Michigan chase us. You know, uh, if they they've never they've never trailed all season long. What happens if we go down, punch them in the mouth, score early, and now they're you know on the ground looking up type of thing? I see it both ways, and I like both approaches. Um, also, it was really shocking to hear that you know when uh, Martinez went down and scored on like the third play from scrimmage last week. It was the first opening drive touchdown that we've had all year long. Yeah. That made me kind of sad. And by that, I mean, it made me really sad, John. Well, they're getting rid of these things. And I think, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it was a huge confident boost for them to execute in every phase of the game. But Michigan's going to have a – Michigan has a quarterback, Cade McNamara, that uh, he's – Michigan for the under Jim Harbaugh, I think overall has really struggled to find a good quarterback that can be consistent, not give games away and and make plays. And Cade McNamara uh, is probably the closest they've come to that under Harbaugh. So it's going to be an interesting game. I'll probably beat that to death. (laughs) Keep in mind, they did lose their star receiver, Ronnie Bell. Uh, earlier, in the, I think, in the first game of the season. So, you know, they're missing that guy. But I think Michigan's offense is still, you know, they're dangerous. They, I mean, they're 5-0. and oh, They're ranked ninth. So they're uh, top yeah, ten opponents. So they got bumped up. So that would be good. That's Nebraska's uh, third-ranked opponent this year, uh, second in the top ten. And this is going to be the one – like, look, we, we, say, we say it every week, right? That's the most important game. You know, Illinois, right. uh, certainly, I think they're talking that, about that about Buffalo. Well, if they don't beat Buffalo, then, you know, it's all going down the toilet fast. But, uh, you know, they, they handled Buffalo. They handled Fordham. They competed with Oklahoma, which nobody expected. And then, of course, the narrative changed. Well, maybe Oklahoma's not that good. You know, nobody wants to give Nebraska credit. And I'm not saying that, you know, Nebraska's deserving of credit because they hadn't put a product out on the field yet that anybody would want to give credit to. Uh, But then they went up to uh, East Lansing, and that was 
a close one. You know, by all accounts, should have been a, a W, and it wasn't a W. Then they come back home, they handle business on prime time, big atmosphere, and they get to do it again against the top 10 team. Uh, I am – to say that I'm pumped for this, John, is an understatement, uh, mostly because I love watching Husker football. I love watching it on Sunday – or uh, not Sunday. Well, I've had to do that before too. But I love watching it on, on a Saturday night. Um, I'm excited for – what's going to come and I, I'm very optimistic about the outcome between Nebraska and Michigan, John. Yeah, I'll be at a wedding in Nebraska that the Saturday night. You want me to text I mean, you updates? No. <laughs> I understand we'll have a TV at whatever hall the dance is at, but uh, we, we, I don't know if we'll have signals or anything. Who uh, who Without naming a name, because we don't want to put him on front street, what relation is this person to you that's getting married on a college football Saturday? It's a nephew. Doesn't he know better? It's a nephew whose parents got married the day of the 1992, 1994 Nebraska Colorado game. So they just aren't Husker fans, or they just. I don't know, but we, I'll tell you what. In that wedding, and that I wrote about uh, Doug and Sarah's wedding in a book, and because it was it was really fun, I actually got on. Uh, there was a there was a radio show called The Fabulous Sports Babe, and she would pick her what was a dweeb of the week, something or the wiener of the week. I don't remember, but I faxed this thing in about my brother in law getting married on, or you know this. Yeah, my brother-in-law getting married on the the Colorado-Nebraska game. And I think in 1994, Colorado was – both teams were in the top five. And it was going to be a big game. And uh, what happened to the – we went into this wedding, and I had bought a little tiny black and white TV that was portable so we could (laughs) – we were at the state capitol. They got married across the street. I think it's called St. Mary's Catholic Church. Probably not St. Mary's. I can't remember. We went in knowing that Nebraska was winning and Nebraska beat the shit out of Colorado 24 to seven. And we, we walked out as the wedding party. Uh, We walked out to this cheering and screaming and the crowd was carrying the goalposts up to the steps. (laughs) So I remember that story. Yeah. They have a picture of them holding and they're her in her wedding gown and Doug in his tuxedo uh, them holding this, goalpost on the steps of the state capitol so my wife mrs coronation who is always the diplomat and always the nice person said maybe he'll get married and bring us the same luck saturday and i thought that is saving grace for this son of a bitch (laughs) now the question is i don't think they're getting married in lincoln so are they just going to march the goalposts down uh, to wherever the wedding is. <laughs> that would be a damn long walk to St. Paul. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, good old St. <laughs> Paul, Nebraska. Eh? Uh, down there by Wahoo. Probably not. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it it's up. north of Grand Island. Yeah. I know. I, I, I was, I don't need, I know there's a Wahoo, Nebraska. I don't know where it is. It'll be if my luck. We won't have a good reception on the TV and we'll beat the living shit out of Michigan. I guess, you know, I'll record it on YouTube TV and watch it on the drive home next day. There you go. John, I like the way you think. Now, does that – folks, we're, we're pulling the curtain back a little bit, but if you're going to be at a wedding and unable to watch, does that put me on post-game video duty? Well, you could do one anyway. I mean, I could, but everybody prefers you. <laughs> I don't know. That's what – I don't know if I'll have a signal. I don't know what – What'll be available one way or no, another. Yeah. I'll, get, I'll get something done because, uh, you know, I, I like to swear at people. <laughs> and, and you excel at it. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, John, I, I don't really have much else to talk about. You want to do our predictions or was there something else that was on your mind about this? Oh, you know, I, I will say one thing. I think it's interesting that worst that like Paul Feinbaum. Okay. Paul Feinbaum two or three weeks ago said he didn't think Nebraska could have a winning season again ever. Now Paul Feinbaum came out this week and said, 
well, Jim Harbaugh might be in trouble when Nebraska plays him. You know, these fucking media people, I get that you kind of, I chain yank people, I troll people. You know what I mean? I get that. But I don't think we should let these motherfuckers off the hook that are suddenly going to go, oh, well, Nebraska's going to be, they might be a good team after all. And you fuck you, you condescending, placating motherfucking bastards. You know? I, I, I pose this question to my always diplomatic, always nice Mrs. Coronation about, <laughs> about this. And I'll ask people on this podcast, whatever. Um, if we were somehow, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, and I think I'll put the same thing on a YouTube video. If we somehow actually become a good team, Will we become the most insufferable sons of bitches on social media in the history of fandom? Or will we just take it in stride and relax and forgive everyone for those slights about go ahead and leave the begin, leave the begin, dead now, motherfucker. You know, at them, those shit asses that we've had to put up with, like, for I don't know how many years now, making fun of us and shitting on us. You think we should just do the good thing and turn the other cheek or be a bunch of just complete sons of bitches on Twitter? It, I, I have the answer, or I have an answer. Probably don't have the answer. Um, yeah? It depends how good we get. If we are coming back and we're competing for titles regularly, you know, maybe we're not in the championship game every year but we're definitely in the top two in the west you know with frequency and making those trips to indianapolis you know two out of three years every every chunk of years and we're winning some of those conference championships and we're getting into the playoffs yeah we're gonna be fucking assholes we're just gonna be fucking turd sandwiches on twitter and i'll be out there right behind the comcast boys leading that charge but it's yeah, it's that's, it, that it's, seems like a long way time to wait. <laughs> you just want to go ahead and be an asshole now. That's fine too. Well, I'm already kind of an asshole most of the time. So, but here's the thing: like that's how the like the fuckhead Paul Feinbaum's of the world. That's the only way they make money is by saying something ridiculous, getting the reaction. A couple weeks later, as the landscape changes, they say something you know that is is a. a something of a backtrack a retraction or a, an amendment to it. And, but like, look, nobody out of Al outside of the States of Alabama or Georgia or Mississippi or Florida should be giving a shit about what Paul Feinbaum has to say. Giving that guy a national platform was a ludicrous idea. He's not deserving of it. Just because he had a, a radio show that was popular down in hillbilly country, you know, it, it, there, he's he's a talking head, full of shit, son of a bitch. Wow, Greg, should put you in the car more often. <laughs> anyway, I gotta go. Where are you going? I gotta record a podcast. What do you mean? You I'll be go. in the van. I'll be sitting in the driveway for an hour. Don't mind me. No, I, no, I dislike I, him. Earlier. I, I dislike all people like him. You know, like, Ed, he's not a journalist. He's just a fucking bullshit spewer, you know? And calling him anything else is uh, uh, disrespectful to true journalists out there. Yeah, yeah. I think a couple of days ago I tweeted about whether or not people were disgusted with the fact that college game day is going to the Texas Oklahoma game rather than Penn state, Iowa. Uh, and, you know, people rightfully pointed out that Penn state, Iowa is on Fox and why would they advertise another network? And they've already been to Penn state or some goddamn thing. But I was surprised at the number of people that responded to me and said they no longer watch college game day because it's, it's boring and it's the same shit every week. And I don't, I haven't watched it for a while now. And one of the reasons I haven't watched it is because uh, they put Paul, Paul Feinbaum on. And it's kind of like, what? this isn't a real person that I need to listen to to actually gain any knowledge. I mean, if he, Lee Corso was entertaining enough, 
I mean, granted, Lee Corso is getting older and it's harder for him to get words out, but you, you stick a, a, a fucking sock puppet next to him named Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> Back, you know what? I'm going to come up with a sock puppet and I'm going to name it Paul Feinbaum, except it'll be like Paul Thingbaum or something. Right? Paul Feinbaum. Here, here's what you do. Paul Feinbaum, but instead of B-A-U-M, it's B-O-M-B. <laughs> okay. We probably uh, should yeah. do predictions now. <laughs> yeah, but but to one, one more thing. I don't watch College Game Day anymore either. Yeah. But largely because it's it's uh, from the family side is if I'm going to be watching a football game starting at 11, I'll tend to let my my oldest watch cartoons for a couple hours before. Right. So it's just sharing. You know, you got to yeah. share. So, all right, Todd, Nebraska hosting number nine, Michigan, six. What time? Six thirty kickoff. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Memorial Stadium. On ABC, nationally televised. But let's hear. Let's hear. I think what what our fans, viewers, and listeners alike, and we apologize to uh, the usual YouTube crew because this is audio only. Because I'm driving, and you know, I'm sorry. Um, but they really love not just the score that you give, but your breakdown. So, what <laughs> do you have in store for us this week? Nebraska versus Michigan. You know, and everybody, I saw where Steve Sipple, I, multiple media guys have predicted 24-21 Nebraska. Uh, Michigan hasn't given up over 17 points to anyone this year. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with, uh, let's say that we're going we're gonna to be better than everybody else and we're going to score 21 or 24 points on our own on offense. We're going to get one turnover that's going to result in three or seven points. So I'm going to go with 27 to 17, Nebraska over Michigan, because I I think that our I think that our defense can can stop their running game. I, I, Nebraska Saturday night at night games this Saturday, people were <laughs> had so much fun last week. And I t- I tell you what, from being on the field when you're on the field at a football event like that, the crowd is a giant battery. It really oh, is. Yeah. You can feel that energy from everywhere around those people. So if Nebraska's crowd can get together like they did last weekend and put that much energy into the game, I, you know, I think that that's going to feed the team and there's just going to be bloodlust and we're going to want to see their quarterback get hit by JoJo Doman. He hasn't been sacked yet this year. Hit by JoJo Doman and just explode in 100 pieces like Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> Oh, I like so. I, I love it. Um, I would rather him explode like uh, a Lego statue that's been dropped on the floor. But I understand. I understand and appreciate the uh, the sentiment. Uh, so, based on what we know about Michigan's defense, and we know they're tough, but we also know really who the hell they played. It's not the same Wisconsin. Uh, you know, that that we're all used to seeing. And Rutgers isn't there yet. You know, Northern Illinois, Western Kentucky, and then Washington that lost to Montana. Yeah. So I don't think that their defense has truly been tested. I also can't – Graham Mertz and Adrian Martinez are two completely different styles of quarterback. Graham is – he's a pocket guy. He's not going to get out there. He's not going to get loose like Martinez will. He's not going to be able to extend plays like Martinez can. I think – I don't, I don't want to be too bold on this. I'm not going to say we're going to light him up to the tune of what we did to Northwestern. I'm not that bold. I'm not that brave. I think we're going to give that defense some fits because – we have a good stable of running backs who can all move the ball forward. You know, we saw a couple of those guys get hit and maintain their feet, get some extra yards after contact. We have some real stars at wide receiver. We haven't even mentioned his name yet. We haven't really talked about the, the receivers. It, 
you know, the Samari Touré, Omar Manning. You, you, I'm, when you're getting Levi Falk regular touches, you know, <laughs> then then you're doing something right. The offensive line took a big step forward last week, and I think they're going to continue that progress. I I have talked myself up. I thought I was going to say, like, oh, it'll probably be 21-24 like where you started. I think Nebraska is going to score in the 30s. I'll be comfortable with 31-34, depending on how helpful Connor Culp is to the cause. I think Nebraska's defense is going to do a few things that no other team has done to Michigan. They're going to shut down McNamara. Look, you said JoJo Doman. Uh, I'd be all right if it's the homegrown kid, Garrett Nelson. I'd be all right if it's Phil Darius Paint. I'd be all right if it's uh, uh, Daniels. I'd be all right if it's Ben Stilley. I'd be all right if it's any of them. I don't care if it's Cam Taylor Britt coming off, you know, a, a corner blitz and lighting him up. Get pressure on him. Make him feel you. Sounds weird. Don't mean it like that. Um, (laughs) And I think you're going to force them into some mistakes. I like the way this team gets to the football. I'm saying Nebraska 34, Michigan 20. That's a good score. I like that score. I'd I'd like to win by 10. It'd be nice to just, you know, beat that. I don't know, four minutes left and be up by two scores. What what does it mean going forward if Nebraska beats a top ten team by two scores? I think it, you know it, I wasn't very good at basketball, but when you play horse at the end of the game, don't you have to prove it? Don't you have to make the same shot two times in a row or something? Uh, you know, uh, rules and regulations vary regionally. <laughs> Um, I, I think I, this it, would prove it. I think that this would prove that the Northwestern game isn't a flash in the pan and we can stop. If we beat Michigan, I think we can just stop completely with the Scott Frost is on the hot seat shit. We can stop right, with right. the could you fire a coach just to make us happy stuff. I think it'll take a great deal of pressure off the program. There's been so much shit this year that's gone on. All the rumors about Frost, all the, the constant just – I don't know, people expecting the world to blow up, and, and it hasn't. And they're actually on the verge of being a very good team. And now they can go out and maybe for two weeks in a row show that they're a good team and execute in all phases of the game and play clean games. And then you're kind of like going, holy shit, maybe there's something exciting happening there here. And that would, you know, that would quiet so many things. And it would, it would be... We could stop being anxious and start having fun and stop being like beat dogs that flinch every time our football teams had mentioned or worried that, oh, my God, we're going to go into this game and embarrass ourselves. And I don't want to go to work the next day with all the other people in my office. You know, that kind of shit. That's what and, this and win. That you're right. And, and how going back to what you said a few minutes ago about the energy of the crowd, because you're on your home field. With your home crowd, you shouldn't be susceptible to the false starts, to some of the, you know, the, the smaller Mickey Mouse mistakes. I, you know, I, I've never heard a coach, you know, say that they were upset over, you know, a, a penalty or something like that that was uh, called because somebody played, you know, was, was a little too aggressive. You know, there, we talked about it uh, earlier in the season. I think it was the Illinois game. Caleb Tanner, you know, hit and drove the quarterback to the ground uh, and that negated a Cam Taylor Britt interception. That'd be the one time where your head uh, or your heart overruled your head, I guess. Um, and and it come, came back to bite Nebraska in the ass. But it, they're going to have – everything is aligned, I think, for this Nebraska team to show out in front of the big home crowd, feed off that energy – that it's going to be buzzing. It's all always buzzing, you know, it, it, at least from what I, what I witness from afar, you know, it is always buzzing until something goes wrong. You need right. to maintain that energy, 
to keep the mistakes that from, you know, snowballing. So I'm very excited to watch this uh, Nebraska-Michigan game. I'm very hopeful and optimistic that it's going to go the way of the good guys. And I can't wait to uh, uh, talk about it in the post-game video since John will be at a wedding <laughs> in St. Paul, Nebraska. Yeah. I'll be at it. I'm not in it. Nobody wants me in a wedding anymore. <laughs> Honestly, I want you. It, it, now, look, if I could do it over, I'd have you come down and do, do my best man speech. Oh, God. That's why I wouldn't want to be in a wedding anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I love I love my, my best man, like my brother. Um, but, you know, he says some pretty disparaging things about me. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but that's all right. That's what best men are for, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, bestest mensch, John, damn Johnston. Thank you very much for allowing me to, uh, spend the last hour, uh, on, on this, uh, show with you. And uh, got me almost almost to my driveway from the time that we started this conversation. So I appreciate you. I'm excited for what lies ahead. And uh, uh, all I can say is, is for you, for me, for that no good son of an absent Todd Wolverton, we are here every week reminding you that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! Go Big Red! And that really is like my son will see the, the team on TV and he'll run over me and he'll be like, go big red daddy. He's like, you know it, son, you know it. There you next, go. next year we're working on throw the bones. <laughs> <laughs>